High drive, left field. Solorde turns, looks, see ya! A monster home run for Sanchez! Wow! It almost hit the Coke bottle and his 8-0 Yankees. You are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast on the Gotham Sports Network. As always, you are joined by Sam and Steve here, and the West Coast Yankees had themselves a week. Sam, how you doing? I am doing well. The AAA Yankees are rolling out west, 6-1 and one so far on the trip, still have two to go out in Arizona, but I am absolutely thrilled. Yes, the competition they've been playing out west has been sub, you know, not very good as some would say, but winning these games are very difficult. The time change late at night, especially playing in San Francisco this time of year when it's pretty chilly out there, but the Yankees are rolling and it has been a fun, fun last couple of weeks. 11 of 13, Steve, who would have thought? That is insane. It's not insane to think that the Yankees have won 11 of 13. It's insane to think that every day you look at this lineup and it is a mishmash of players that are out there. You got you know uh, Talkman in there every day. You know Arshelo's become kind of a little legend this week. You got Estrada playing left field back to back games. It is just all every day. It's a new injury. Let's 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 kick it off with some good news first. Luke Voigt has been. Unbelievable. Sam wrote a nice article on GothamSN.com today outlining some of the good things that Luke Voigt has done. But he took home player of the week for the AL and just a huge week out west and just hitting bombs left and right. This guy is every day. Every day it's he's on base. 39 straight games dating back to last year. He gets on base. He almost had it broken this week, but luckily he got hit by a pitch and the streak continues and he's going to go for 40 on Tuesday. It's really tough to say anything bad about Luke Voigt and to try and think that this is a fluke from last year. It's, it's amazing. Longest active streak in the majors, Luke Voigt, with getting on base in 39 straight games. The next closest is 27. That is Freddie Freeman of the Braves. The Yes Network put out a stat on Sunday that since 2010, Luke Voigt has the second longest on base streak of the Yankee on the Yankees since of course the year 2010 and hitting in that two hole for Aaron judge. He has really taken off this week. He's hitting to all fields. He hit a home run in San Francisco straight away center field, but that wasn't the home run that stuck out to me this week. How often do you see a right-handed hitter do what he did in that stadium in Anaheim? Went straight to right field. They have a pretty high wall there, too, and he cleared that wall. This guy has ridiculous power, and I concluded my article today on Luke Voigt. It's not if there's going to be a competition when Greg Bird gets back. It's is Luke Voigt. It's if Luke Voigt will be the starting first baseman for the AL All-Star game in Cleveland this year. Because through 67 games with the Yankees, he has 22 home runs. You equate that out to a full season, that's over 50 home runs. I'm not saying this ridiculous pace is going to continue, but he has absolutely proven himself to be more than a two-week wonder than when the Yankees acquired him last summer because this guy deserves respect and he is terrorizing pitching. In the first inning, back-to-back games out in Anaheim, just you're going to give me a fastball he took on game one, straight dead center. Uh, game two, they hung a little breaking ball on him, powered that by. Mike Trout had no chance. And then you can say the opposite field power in Anaheim. I'm not a meteorologist at all, but everybody claims that going opposite field at night in Anaheim is like a dead ball. And he's still powering 400 feet the other way. Unbelievable. Um some, some other stats here since joining the Yankees. Luke Voigt is third in the major leagues in home runs behind Christian Yelich, who hits a home run every time he steps to the plate, and Chris Davis of the A's. Two guys that are 
you know, MVP candidates. And then it's just Luke Voigt. And then another thing that you pulled from the, for the article is uh, for uh, a WOAB, it's Christian Yelich, Mike Trout, Cody Bellinger, Luke Voigt. Like this sensation is way beyond just the Yankee realm here. This is just absolute top of the line across baseball. You mentioned the uh, the All Star Game. I think that's an absolute lock that he's a first a first base from there, given his his kind of cult following. How how loud were those Luke chants out out in L.A.? It was it was like he was playing at Yankee Stadium. Steve, not to get too too off topic here, but obviously the best player in baseball, Mike Trout, plays in Anaheim with the Angels. And I tweeted last week. I don't know if you took note of this. I'm not sure if any other of Yankees Twitter took note of this. I know a lot of uh, hoopla is made about the crowds on the road for the Yankees, especially out west. How disheartening do you think it is for Trout to hear that roar (laughs) every time the Yankees do something? Because the two times that Urshela tied the game, or excuse me, put the Yankees ahead last Monday, I'm just turning up the volume on the phone and I hear just a loud loud roar it's the it's the Yankees fans were louder than the Anaheim fans oh yeah I can't I can't imagine how disheartening that is for Mike Trout I I, I kind yeah. of feel bad for him but at the same time he's making 430 mil <laughs> Def, definitely don't feel bad for, about him but it, it is true the, you know the biggest cheers were the Yankees home runs and I mean and that that catch that Mike Trout had I think he was on Brett Gardner in like the eighth inning of, of the games last week was an absolutely wild catch. He kind of turned the wrong way right off the bat, made an unreal ground for it, and it like it felt like a ho hum catch for Mike Trout. And the crowd kind of didn't really react that much as well either. So it's it's a it's definitely an interesting dynamic that Trout has to deal with, especially when teams like the Yankees come in. I mean, the Yankees for years kind of you know always 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 have have that crowd there. But but Anaheim used to be a really hard place for the Yankees to play in. Yeah, I got the playoff history dating years back. I'm sure it's a different crowd there. But that they had a very strong crowd and a, you know the, the whole rally monkey. That place was wild. And and, and every time it was it was a, the Luke chant every every at bat which was which was kind of kind of cool to see. But bring, that's a pretty solid point about Trout if he feels a little disheartened in in those in those those kind of moments here, but a, a great um, they they didn't win. They couldn't get the sweep, um, but three out of four in L.A. and a lot of a lot of pitchers being having to used as well because the games and so that game a fourteen inning game was just not the way the Yankees expected to kick that off after having played um, an extra inning game the day before, and unfortunately that fourteen inning game led to Clint Frazier tweaking his ankle there, gutted it out. And actually scored the, the game-winning run there, but Sam, we can't do an episode without somebody new going to the IL. It, it, it's it's remarkable. I mean, at the moment here, Urshela and DJ LeMayu, we'll get into next, uh, seem to be day to day. But Clint Frazier going on the IL sucked, and he even said so after the game. He's like, I can't afford to go on the IL. There's too many guys there. But he came in the next day, and I guess his, his ankle kind of ballooned. Um, and we're, we're going to be missing him for another week at least. He's already taken batting practice, so it looks like it could be a Gary Sanchez-type kind of two-week uh, stint. But that's just another guy to check on the list and put on the, on the IL for the Yankees. It's, it's absurd. Steve, on Friday night, the opening game out in San Francisco, Brett Gardner was given an off day. And this is something that we talked about last week. When the Yankees brought back Brett Gardner, they envisioned him as the everyday left fielder. But I bet they envisioned – about one off day a week for Brett Gardner. Oh, yeah, because, at least. You know, he, he, he's getting into his late 30s. I bet they did not envision him playing six games out of six every single week. Anyway, with Brett Gardner being out of the lineup on Friday, Mike Talkman was the longest tenured outfielder in the Yankees lineup. <laughs> I mean, this is absurd. Imagine telling us this in February. This is absurd. This is unheard of. And when I saw that statement, I said, oh, my God. I mean, Cameron, after the Clint Frazier injury last week, they traded for Cameron Maben. They had to go out of house. I mean, some of these guys in Scranton just simply are not ready. And they got Cameron Maben for cash considerations. And – this is just absurd, but the Yankees keep finding a way to win. And we talked about 
Luke Voigt. Gary Sanchez is back from injury and hitting 400-foot bombs out in San Francisco. Glaber Torres has started to turn the corner. LeMayhew got out of his slump before he had a knee issue. So there are guys helping the Yankees win, and 17-11, we said it before we went on the show, is pretty, pretty remarkable given all what's happened to this team. But the outfield right now, Frazier, I didn't think he'd be going on the IL. I saw him out of the lineup. Yeah, that the looked next nasty, day. though. It did. But, I mean, he gutted it out for the rest of the game, and he's on the IL. He's taking batting practice right now. Aaron Hicks is taking batting practice, looking to possibly face some live pitching this week down in Tampa. So reinforcements are on the way. But if the Yankees win the division in September or the first weekend in October, whenever the regular season ends, we're going to look back on this April and say, holy hell, guys not even with the team anymore. Kudos to them because this sure. team right now of misfits, you know, five, six guys every night in the lineup. We've somehow become the lovable the- underdogs. The, Yan- the 2019 Yankees <laughs> have become the lovable underdogs. How the hell is that possible? It's crazy. I mean, like I said, four, five, six guys in the lineup, lineup night in and not at, night out either didn't start on opening day or weren't on the 25-man roster at all. So they're finding ways to win in 17-11, and 6-1 on this road trip, 11-13. This team has really turned the tides from a couple of weeks ago, losing series to teams like the White Sox, the Orioles to open the season, the Detroit Tigers. So great job to these guys. They're playing small ball. They're moving runners. They're getting base hits. I'm not sure how much longer they can produce given the – I'm comparing them to the 2013 team. But this team is very fun to watch right now. They and are. Pitching is keeping them in game. Starting pitchers, Paxton turning his season around, his early season moves around. Uh, Tanaka got roughed up a little, but he's still Tanaka. Domingo Herman, who we're going to get into. Sabathia has been really good. Besides, top to bottom. Yeah, it's top to bottom. I'm uh, mentioning the starters. And I said on the show last week, no matter how bad the Yankees' offense is, the pitching is going to keep them in games. But they've had a couple rough starts in the last week, and, and it's been the hitting. You know, seven or more runs in every game in San Francisco. <laughs> They're hitting now. Sam, it's- Gio Urshela is batting 351. Like, we got to talk about this guy. He is a, a, was a useless signing at the time, everybody assumed. No one even knew the Yankees even had him on the roster down in AAA. But he has come up, and now all of a sudden he said he's made some tweaks this, this offseason in his swing. The dude's batting 351. How many big hits did he have this week? And then before we even get to what he does on the field, he's, got, he's a wizard out there. So it's going to be pretty crazy and interesting to see what the Yankees do here because you mentioned some of the other guys that are coming back. You, haven't, you didn't mention uh, Miguel Andujar is already facing uh, live pitching. He's gotten into games in extended spring training. He had one day was three for five. He had a home run in another game. We're looking at it's very possible that Andujar could be back in the lineup by this weekend. Um, and if he's going to be on the roster and, and able to play, he's got to be in the lineup every day. And that brings a whole other scenario here of what the Yankees do of, of, you know, we had all these misfits here that probably we never thought would make the majors. Now someone's got to go. I think when Andujar comes back, they send Estrada back down to the minors because um, you can't let Gio go. You can't let him go for free now. You might have out to eventually. Well. Yeah, he's out of options, but you can't. And I don't, no one's going to, someone's going to pick him up when he's batting 351. Obviously, he's going to come down to earth. But who would have thought we would have had an interesting decision of Miguel Andujar somehow avoids surgery, is ready to come back, and we kind of maybe don't want him playing third base. Luckily, we have so many injuries, we might just be able to put him at DH. But I don't think we're ready to take Gio out the lineup right away. You're right about that, Steven. You took the words out of my mouth. I was just going to say Andujar can slide right in the DH with all the injuries. But I'm thinking last week, whenever Troy Tulowitzki is ready, and I'm yeah. thinking they send Estrada for – they'll send Estrada for Andujar whenever uh, the next guy who's ready, Wade, maybe yeah. goes. I don't know. But – if Troy Tulowitzki's ready and they're faced with the situation of Urshela or Tulowitzki. That's going to be the decision, I mean, yeah. 
I never want if I never saw Troy Tulowitzki in a Yankees uniform again, I would not be upset. I, I don't know how you feel about that. I don't know how the Yankees feel, but Urshela is raking and anything hit to him at third base, even if he's in Los Angeles like he was on that grounder that went to the third base side out in San Francisco, and everything hit to him is an out. Yeah. So I love watching this guy play. He hits, he makes contact, he puts the ball in play. So I'm interested to see what the Yankees do when these guys finally start coming back. But if Troy Tulowitzki is ready to come back and Urshela is still hitting like this, I get I get that Tulowitzki plays shortstop. I, I have no interest in Tulowitzki taking Urshela's roster spot when he's hitting like this and playing defense like this. Yeah, that, that's going to be the biggest point of it. I mean, it, it likely won't matter, but Troy does have a no-trade clause. The Yankees gave him that. So this is kind of like the Yankees, you know, if he's ready, what is going to come to Do they have some random other Jacoby Ellsbury-esque injury pop up for Tulo? And you could just kind of keep him on the IL until Gio comes back to earth and make that switch? Um, I get maybe another option, but I doubt the Yankees do this the way they use the bullpen is you, you, you run with an extra guy and you go with a, an eight man bullpen instead of a nine man bullpen. So it's going to be extremely interesting. I think Gio is going to survive the first rush uh, of players here, but we could be looking at, you know, by the time we're recording next week, we could be having Frazier come back and Hart back and, and possibly Tulo. I mean, that's three guys we got to lose off here. I mean, Cameron Maben's been here a week, but we can kind of cut the cord there. Tyler Wade go back down, and and Estrada back down. There's three, but it, it might it may save Geo for a little bit. But then the outfield is super thin again because you're gonna have Estrada and Wade who both can play left field. Um, so it's gonna be a very interesting scenario for the Yankees that we definitely didn't expect to have when um, when going through this. And with the injuries, especially if they keep winning, who knows what's gonna happen? They they did get a little healthier. This weekend, and that is the return of El Gary Sanchez. And what a difference this guy makes in the lineup. He is, like you said, he hit bombs, but we're talking legitimate bombs in San Francisco, and they're going to pop up in the home run tracker recap, no doubt. But to have him in the third, um, third or fourth spot in the lineup instead of a Romine or a Higashioka makes a massive difference, even in this depleted lineup. Um, and it, it, the swing is good. Eight home runs in 15 games. Every other game, Gary Sanchez is hitting a home run, and that's uh, that's pretty important. Steve, I tweeted this over the weekend. For that grand slam, I've been watching baseball a long time. I have never seen a hitter go out to that territory in San Francisco. May, maybe I have, but holy cow, that almost hit the Coke bottle out there. And then the next day... The next day, I think Statcast was wrong. The next day, he said shorter. I thought it was longer. But keep in mind, he went he went more closer to the foul pole. You're right. The next you're right. day, so I went. So I wouldn't. I was thinking the same thing. I thought the second one was further as well. But this guy is mashing pitching, and I'm noticing the start Romine tweets are dwindling down. Those, yeah, I saw those. Kind of disappeared. Yeah, they have disappeared. And not only is he getting it with a stick, did you see him throw Mike Trout out last week? An absolute laser down the Torres at second base to throw out Mike Trout. So this guy is absolutely raking. They kind of had him on the two day, two games on, one game off plan. I wonder if they're still going to continue that. But he has been hitting and hitting, and I'm very, very excited to see what he can do. His OPS is near 1,000, so... Gary Sanchez back in the lineup. Thankfully, that calf was only a two-week injury because I thought it was going to be a lot more because calves are very tricky, yep. as Troy Tulowitzki. And Gary is back, and he's hitting very, very much. And the Yankees are just a different team with him in the lineup. And he's – the Yankees – I'm not sure how much they could have afforded – I'm not sure how much longer they could have afforded to have him out because – like I said, Andujar is still out. Hicks, Judge, Stanton, Didi. I mean, that's 60% of the Yankees' home runs, it seems like, from a year ago. So with Sanchez bouncing back, not only from injury, but from his rough 2018 campaign, it changes the whole dynamic of this team. It, it does. And it, it, some people don't like war, so they're probably going to hate the next 30 seconds here, but I don't care. So Gary Sanchez has played in 15 games and has a, a .7 war, 
where Luke Voigt, we just talked about being an absolute all-star and AL player of the week, has played in 28 games and has a .8 war. You watch the Yankees, you're going to say that they're, this is your problem with war here, is, is Luke Voigt has been way more valuable than .1 of a game compared to Gary Sanchez. But then you have to look into the, the defense, and that's why you mentioned those throws there. Gary got us off to a little uh, bad start behind the plate this year um, because of some of his throws, you know, partially blamed on, on the shortstop or, or second baseman catching the throws here. But his the difference he makes behind the plate is huge. And the, the guns are there, and they're going to come out. People just aren't going to run as often on Gary as they will Romine, which is like a freaking free pass to go to second or third, as we saw a couple times this year. Um, and then another thing I want to point out, which kind of will transition into uh, the next player I want to talk about, is unprompted, Jay Happ mentioned how good of a game Gary Sanchez called this weekend. And it was Hap's, one of Hap's best performances of seven innings versus the Giants here. Um, and and that, kind of, that kind of gets thrown away with Sanchez, especially when he's hitting 400-foot-plus bombs, is that he does have to communicate with all these pitchers and, and call a good game. And for Hap to call him out there, which I thought was was, was pretty important, um, and especially since it was Hap's best best game there. So kind of combo that into Sanchez calling a great game and, and Hap starting to turn it around is, is, uh, is a good thing for uh, for the pitching staff. It absolutely is. And Hap had his best start of the season on Saturday, going seven strong innings. Low strikeouts, but he's never really been a high strikeout guy. And it was big for him to bounce back ever since he gave up those two early home runs to Boston with Vasquez and Martinez taking him deep. He has settled down very, very well. Had a good start out in Anaheim as well. Finished that start out in Boston very well, or in New York against Boston too. And then with his best outing of the season on Saturday, the home runs have been quite troublesome, especially in that start against Boston. And then he gave up a two run shot in Anaheim, but that's all he gave up in Anaheim was the two-run shot. And then, of yep. course, no runs in seven innings on Saturday. So Hap stays low in the zone. He paints the corners. That's all I'm asking out of him. I'm really just asking for a quality start out of Hap because that's what he's been in the last six, seven years of his career. Just a solid pitcher to have on the staff. And with Severino still out, I'm not sure when we're going to see him. Uh, it's kind of just a wait-and-see thing with him. He has to really pick it up from his early season struggles and he has and Saturday it was great to see him go out and pitch well and to see Sanchez or excuse me to see him give Sanchez prom props unprompted is very very encouraging because you see that Sanchez all the time his bashers really just bashes defense and everything well suck on those comments why don't you yeah exactly <laughs> that's exactly the, the best way to, way to word it. And for Hap, I mean, what a, the Yankees obviously had a great week going 6-1. But Hap, 14 innings, 8 hits, 2 earned runs. Like that, that, is, that is the Hap that people were, you know, saying, well, he better pitch like this if we're giving him $17 million. Slow start, absolutely. Maybe that's the age getting to him. Maybe that is him kind of struggling to get, to get back into it. But he has looked better and better. And the adversity to come back and pitch well. Because we said that early home run. How often this year has he given up an early home run, but then been able to turn it around? Like you mentioned in Boston. Same thing out in Los Angeles. Luckily, the Giants just aren't a good hitting team, so there's no home runs to even give up there. But very strong outings. Because seven innings for both those outings, 95 pitches and 89 pitches. So his pitch count hasn't even been that high. The Yankees are smart to make sure they don't you know go or overextend him here. But he's lowered that ERA. Um, after the Boston start, he was at 7.23. Now he's at 4.68. So, I mean, this is just, you know, that's a huge difference of almost three runs there that, that have been able to cut, to cut down in in the matter of a week and a half. And that's kind of really what the Yankees have needed. Like you said, Tanaka had the bad start, which is the only blemish on the week. But other than that, the pitching staff has been, has been you know, as expected. CC struggled a little bit as well. Um, he didn't look like he had his best stuff. I thought he was going to get the uh, the three thousand strikeout versus Anaheim because he was kind of in his in his his hometown element there. Had lots of family and, and friends there. It looks like it's going to happen tonight on Tuesday. Hopefully um, on the mound versus the D-backs here. And just uh, I mean, me and you have mentioned so many times about CC here, but to finally have it come together, we'll talk about it next week once it comes to, to fruition here. But CC getting CC three K is upon us here. 
Um, and that's always something to look forward to in a, uh, when we talk about just the, the wide range of, of the Yankees and how CeCe is one of the better pitchers of the past you know 20 years for the Yankees. Yes, and we went into CeCe Sabathia's amazing career so far with the Yankees, and it, it's pretty amazing to me. You look back to 2013 when he really was struggling, 2014 even, he had the knee surgery and didn't really pitch, how the Yankees could not get rid of this guy quick enough, how it was becoming another contract albatross towards the end, a la Alex Rodriguez before he hit 33 homers in 2015. But CeCe, towards the end of that 2015 season, really bounced back before he went to alcohol rehab and... Quite frankly, in these last couple of years, you can ask where would the Yankees be without CC, especially the outings he had in 2017 following a loss. Now he's not hitting 98-99 like he used to, but he is such a productive MLB pitcher. And it's very nice to see how late in careers that some pitchers have learned how to pitch without that high heat that they once had. Names like Tim Hudson come to mind. Jamie Moyer, even though he never really had that fastball electric he never really had that electric fastball but he pitched so deep into his career pretty productive as well I love seeing guys extend their careers like that and CC has done it not only on the field but off the field with it with his charity work him and his wife he has such a great presence in that Yankees locker room I am going to be thrilled when he gets that 3,000th strikeout and I, and I mentioned it last week I'm not sure another Yankee should wear number 52 again because not only yep, not in agreement, not only of what CC's done on the field, bringing the Yankees their first championship in almost a decade in 2009, pitching so well in the postseason for that run from 2009 to 2012. Yes, I only know they won one pennant and had one World Series, but that 52 should be retired for combination of events on the field and off the field. Because when you think of great Yankees of the last 10 years, it's really, really hard not to think of CC Sabathia. Yeah, and, and I wrote about it right as he came off the DL. And it is no surprise to anybody that the Yankees have lost only three games since CC came off the DL. He came off Saturday, pitched uh, five innings, zero runs versus the White Sox on April 13th. And since then, the Yankees are 12 of their last 15. That's not a shock to anybody. That big man presence in the locker room is absolutely a thing. It, 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 you have you have younger guys up there making their, you know, with like guys like Estrada making their first career starts. Uh, looking at guys like Domingo Herman, who's got, you know, going out there and becoming uh, almost the best, one of the best pitchers in baseball in the AL, you know, the first month that, a true statement that no one would ever think was possible. And that, that, that presence in there, you have to, you know, give him some credit for that. He's, it's not the end all be all. And we'll talk about where credit deserves in a little bit here, but, but CC's presence is, is that kind of presence here. And that's why, you, you know, people are freaking out of, Oh my God, I can't believe we gave him this amount of money. It could have been done for free. The Yankees believe that he has that presence there and, and it's starting to show. We, the level of competition is crap. That's fine. But but the the facts are there. The Yankees have been phenomenal, and CC Sabathia has been active and pitching every five days here. And I hope that that trend continues here. And speaking of winning every five days, Domingo Herman, are we like a week or two away from like not even joking anymore that he needs to be in consideration for an All-Star game? I don't know. Let's see how much can this can keep up. I <laughs> he's had he's had shorter stretches of this before, and he kind of ran out of gas in the sixth inning yes. on Sunday. But this guy has been so so good, and it goes back to the decisions of the front office in the last five years. He was a throw-in in that Eovaldi trade when Cashman traded Martin Prado, and seeing this guy develop through the system, and now he looks like a very very good starting pitcher. And control has been the big thing for him since he has been with the Yankees. And it's re really been good this year to see him get that uh, get that walk rate really down this year. Yeah. Even, oh, though yeah. he even though he struggled yesterday when the sixth inning came around, only had one walk in six innings. And, and that's what I'm looking for. 
in a starting pitcher. In 2019, his whip is .85. That is an elite whip. So I mean, the best even, of baseball even, right now. Even the best, even the best of the best, only have you know whips slightly over one in his last three outings, 18 and two thirds innings pitched, only two walks, just something that really, really has been a thing for him this year. And in six starts, he looks like a totally different pitcher. And it all starts with the control because the control is really what's been keeping him from being a good pitcher in the last couple of years because he definitely has the stuff. But like so many young pitchers, it's the control. And now that he has that under control, watch out. Control, control, control. Like you said, yeah, he's got, only got nine walks this year, and that includes his first start of the year where he walked five and in five innings. Like So the control has gotten much better, and his location has gotten better. He's using his changeup a little bit more. His, his breaking ball has looked really good. I mean, he was, a, he was kind of like a, a fly ball pitcher, um, you know, and he kind of could get in trouble with the home runs and everything now. He, he got 10 ground balls in six innings versus uh, 10 ground ball outs in his last start versus the Giants. So it's it's kind of crazy how it's all worked out. We you know going into the year we mentioned the control. He's going to strike out a ton, but he's also going to walk a ton. But now he's looking to become an actual complete pitcher. He only had four strikeouts in six innings versus the uh, versus the Giants. Um, and, and you know that you know, we kind of expected him to kind of go seven innings. I mean, sorry, seven strikeouts, five innings. It has to be taken out because his pitch count is high. So while the the strikeouts have kind of been lower than possibly you know, as expected, the, the, the length of his starts have, have gone much longer. I mean, he's still topped out. He got nine strikeouts and his only loss for his Kansas city, but it, it's kind of been crazy how he's like, overall, he's just really evolved uh, as a pitcher from, from location to control to extending games and, and stuff like that. It's, it's been remarkable. And look, and he even got taken out of the, of the lineup, of not the lineup, but of the rotation for a little bit, just for the, for, for one start there. Um, just because the Yankees had some days off there. So he also showed that he could come in the pen when needed and picked up a win, and he pitched two innings and then goes right back into the rotation. So he's literally been doing everything for the Yankees. And, and we mentioned that the, the throw-in for the trade, uh, I saw someone, sorry, I forgot who brought it up, um, but with, with a great tweet of just, like, don't forget that the, the offer for Jay Bruce to the Mets was Domingo Herman, and the Yankees just didn't want to deal with, with dealing with the Yankees, and Bruce ended up going to the to the Indians. But... Sorry, Mets fans. Domingo Herman will look up a very nice fifth starter for you guys right now. And so it is. The Yankees will say thank you and you know, good good luck with your you know. They moved on from Jay Bruce, but they signed Jay Bruce here. But they could have had Domingo Herman, and the Yankees were very willing to move on from him, as you said here. So he's also out of options, and this was his. You know, um, actually no, I think he does have one more option left because of a, a weird uh, like loophole the Yankees found. But the Yankees have no plans in using it because he has been nothing like a fifth starter for the Yankees. He's been almost the top of the, the rotation guy with Severino out. It's been pretty remarkable here. And he's done it wearing Sonny Gray's number, which kind of always still freaks me out a little bit. I never even thought of that, of how he took Sonny Gray's number. Uh, yeah. But that's that's very, very cool. And right now, you know, the Yankee starters are, are Paxton, Tanaka, Hap, CeCe, Herman. Who goes when Severino – if Severino comes back? I mean, because that's, that's something I, you have to think about right now. I have not thought like, about that yet. And again, it can't be Herman, can it? Like, <laughs> Again, it's if Severino comes back yeah. this year for me right now. I don't, I don't believe he'll be back until I see him. But it's definitely something to keep in the back of your mind because this guy is really pitching well. And it's going to be tough, like I said, if Severino comes back excuse me, to send anybody from this rotation now. You know, you obviously have the big three. Then you have CeCe, who has been such a presence for the team. And, you know, Severino could come back this year, and I wonder who would go. I would – it would really excite me to see this success for Herman carry past Memorial Day, you know, into the 4th of July. Then I'd really be thinking the Yankees may have something here. And, I, and I'm already kind of thinking that, but it hasn't been – um, it, it's been a good six starts and I'm looking forward to see what he can do. But regardless, and I said this on one of our early episodes this year in the rotation or not, I believe he is going to have a huge, huge role on the Yankees on the, the Yankees major league team this year. 
Yeah, and he's proved that right off the bat. I, I think that was before. That was before Severino. Yeah. Uh, that was before we knew Severino's um, injury was more serious than initially thought. Before the, he had a setback. This is a huge week for Herman because let's be honest, he has faced the Giants, Angels, Royals, White Sox, Orioles, and Tigers. He has not faced strong competition. And but the good thing is you gotta beat whoever you're playing. You gotta play the lineup that's in front of you. And he's done that this year. But those are not strong lineups here. That's why this week is gonna be huge. Right now he's right now he is slated to go up against um the Twins on Sunday, and then the following week, he's got Tampa Bay in Tampa. So those are the two next big starts here that we got, I really want to focus on. The, the Twins are playing very, Twins are playing well, so that's a you know uh, an interesting start there. It'll be at Yankee Stadium there, and the Rays don't. I don't think the Rays are going anywhere anytime soon. So those are the two starts here. If he can continue what he's doing, the next two starts here, and that's a, that'll be a seven you know, seven starts and, you know, let's say a quarter of the way through the season for a pitcher. If he's going to average, you know, 28 starts, um, it, it's really his time to, to get serious about about it all. Um, but as you said, if Seve comes back like the Yankees are planning, it's going to make some very interesting decisions um, and good decisions to have here where, on, you know, similar to the lineup here, if everybody's playing well, the decisions should be hard. If you know if the Yankees are struggling, then decisions are easy. That means the Yankees are are in deep trouble here. Um, and the man making those decisions, or the man that people claim will have the decisions made for him, is going to be Aaron Boone. And the Aaron Boone needs to be fired. The Aaron Boone is a terrible manager. Can't make any decisions. You want to talk about the, the Romine starting uh, crowd quiet? Oh boy. Is that Aaron Boone crowd quiet? It, he's gotten very little. It, it's, a, it's a typical standard here. They only yell at you for when you're failing, and when you're succeeding, they try and take the credit away from you here. And this is not to take credit away from the players on the field. This is an equal share of the Yankees' success. Aaron Boone needs to get credit for what the Yankees are currently doing the past two weeks. If Aaron Boone gets all the hate for when his all-star players do not play like all-stars, it somehow is Boone's fault, then when these nobody AAA players are making a name for themselves, Aaron Boone better get some fucking credit because that's not how it works. But of course, people are saying that the kid, you know, the kids are doing it, the, the kids are, you know, the ones that are out there playing like, no, if you're going to hate on Aaron Boone when every little, you know, player gives up a hit or, you know, doesn't run out of a ball, you need to credit Aaron Boone for what's happening with this Yankees lineup that he's putting out there every day, uh, and, and kudos to him. And it's going to be the, the the challenge for him is going to make it to continue this for for months, not weeks. Yes, uh, I totally agree with you. And the the whole the whole fire Boone crowd, it, it's been great seeing them quiet uh, for me. And not not a guy who likes to get on the manager all the time. I know he got on him for his bullpen mismanagement earlier in the season, but, I mean, that's that. And he's putting players in positions for them to succeed. Luke Voigt has really taken off from the two-hole in this last week. Yeah, great call to move him up there. When you see Aaron Boone move Luke Voigt into the two-hole, that's credit to Aaron Boone. He makes the lineup every single day, and Voigt has really taken off from there. It's been great to see this team really playing well, and he's putting players in a position to succeed. Tommy Canely is a guy that he started trusting a lot more. That goes credit to Aaron Boone. So if you're going to credit Boone when the team's not playing well, you better damn credit him when they are because Aaron Boone's managing is is good in, in, in these last couple weeks, and I haven't seen the, the credit for him on Twitter He's got a team at 17 and 11 with a bunch of misfits. And Joe Girardi, that was always his claim to fame. You know, the 2013 team, 85 wins. Everybody praised Joe for that. Well, why aren't you praising Aaron Boone? Just because you don't like him, you're so bitter that they fired Joe? Look, I didn't agree with the decision to fire Girardi, but that's a year and a half ago. And it's time to get over that. It's time to get over the playoffs last year. Hopefully Boone has learned from his mistakes in regard to that, but it's been good to see the Twitter crowd quiet, and Boone deserves a lot of uh, props for this team being where they are right now. 
Uh, absolutely, and the whole like, oh, he just does whatever the the analytics say and all this crap for the, you know they, he doesn't make the lineup or whatever you want to call it. To think that other teams aren't doing this is also like a thing that doesn't get brought up enough. Like the Yankees are very invested in research and analytics, and they have all these stats guys out there. But to think that they're alone in things like this, like like the Dodgers do this. Like the Dodgers, like Dave Roberts is is very in depth on this. The Red Sox are in depth on this. Look at these lineups that teams are putting out there. They all look kind of similar of where guys are hitting and everything. So to think like that that the Yankees are the only ones with a puppet manager and and whatnot out there is kind of funny to think about. Like it's a copycat league. Like the all of these teams are looking at ways to improve and they're looking at stats to improve. And yes, the eye tests and all that stuff here. But it's it's I always think it's kind of wild when people almost like assume that this is only happening in New York and every other team is is doing something completely different than the Yankees are doing regarding their their managers here. Like this is the wave of the future for for baseball is these these analytical departments that are the ones that are putting out the lineups and things like that. So it's kind of like whatever Boone gets gets the bash for whatever and he takes it in stride. Boone's very the good puppet with the manager media. is my favorite. The puppet manager yeah. is my favorite line. <laughs> Okay, yeah, like, thinking that, like, whatever, like, Dave Roberts doesn't have, like, a, gr- a group of people in the clubhouse also kind of calling in some of these things, like, whatever. Think that all you want and, and not think that, like, that every other team's doing it, but but give Boone credit where it is. Who knows? Next week, we could be bashing Boone for some terrible decisions here. Um, before we get hey, into I the whole... I him early in the season. Oh, yeah. For... Yeah. He, mis- he mismanaged the bullpen. We, we, that's fine. We're willing to, to admit that here, but he's also managed the bullpen very well. You know, a couple, you know, the later part of this week here. Um, before we get into the home run tracker, the one person that you can't scream at for Aaron Boone mismanaging the bullpen here is Chad Green. Because Chad Green's gone. And to think that in 2019 is pretty wild. Got got lit up in Anaheim. Um, and, and Boone, like, I got to like, say thing with Boone here, going back to Boone. Like, you're up huge in a game and you want Chad Green to figure it out because we know how good he has been in the past. And they, they tried it again, and it backfired again, and, and gave up, what, four runs, I think it is? And now Grand he's back slam. In the, yeah, the Grand Slam. That was right. And now he's back in the minors working it out there. But I'm not going to blame Boone for trying to get his pitcher right. If you, The only way you could have him up there is if you give up a Grand Slam, it doesn't kill the game. And, you know, the Yankees ended up still winning that game. Um, so, but, but, but Chad Green will figure it out in the minors here in a surprise move there. That's his last option. And I, I hope Chad Green figures it out because he was an, an elite pitcher um, for uh, the past couple of years for the Yankees. He really was. And you look at 2017, everybody's memory of him is in the wild card game. After Severino struggled, he came in and pitched two very good innings and or maybe even more. I, I forget. He really saved that game. He kept the Yankees in that game. Severino loaded the bases. He got two outs with the bases loaded and then pitched a couple more innings. And that was his claim to fame. He was solid last year until the second half of the season. He started getting exposed a little bit. That second pitch has been his kryptonite, Steve. And his fastball velocity has dropped also a little bit this year, which was a problem Tommy Canely had last year. Yep, yep. So this isn't, you know, totally unprecedented. And it's – I hope Green figures it out. Tonight he was the opener down in Scranton. He oh, pitched I didn't know two innings. He pitched two innings and he had five strikeouts. So I really hope he finds it because this guy was a staple out of the Yankees bullpen for the last couple of years. And like you had a tweet last week, Steve, you said, I don't know who the guy wearing number 57 is because it's definitely not Chad Green. Uh, He has looked so lost this year. And I really hope he finds it down in Scranton because it seems like a good guy, and I feel bad for him going through these struggles. Yeah, it seems like a, a pretty big confidence and mental mental thing here. Um, we kind of learned later that Kaleen was was struggling with some injuries and his weight and everything. And for all you know purposes here, it looks like Chad Green is fine, is one hundred percent healthy, and it seems like a mental a mental thing here. And maybe going down the going down to Scranton for a couple weeks to figure it out, maybe even a couple months until the Yankees need him will make it work because the confidence is there. And you mentioned the fastball velocity is down a little bit. It's not down too much. And I have to wonder if he's kind of in his head. He thinks that it's down more than it really is. And that's affecting him because he's pitching that second pitch 
way more than he has in the past. And that's the second pitch he's getting caught on. Be more confident with that fastball. And I hope that's what they're telling him down in AAA. It's just throw the fastball. Get that spin rate um, kind of where it needs to be. And, and trust the fastball and trust himself. So we'll see if we see Chad Green again. Because, the, the, you know, he, his, last, his last appearance he gave up. He gave up the grand slam, and it was a deep shot. So it perfectly transitioned into this week's update for the NYY home run tracker. The Yankees have hit some bombs this week. We mentioned Gary Sanchez's home runs. They're currently on pace for 266 home runs, um, if I did my math correct, which honestly is a 50-50 chance, um, which would put them one back of their, their record of last year. I said the Yankees need to get Gary Sanchez off the home run top you know, leaderboard list because he's been hurt. Well, Gary's still there. Gary's got eight home runs. And this year, this week, he's joined by Luke Voigt with also eight home runs. Um, and then Gary Sanchez hit a 338-foot bomb earlier this year. And I was like, eh, I don't know if that could be broken. That could, that could stand for a long time. And then Gary was like, Steve, you're an idiot. I'm hitting a 467-foot home run. 467 feet. Absolute bomb. Um, and he hit another 430-foot home run after that. Um, on, on Sunday here. My home run of the week, I'm sticking with this. It's a full Gary for me. The full Gary Sanchez. It's the Grand Slam. Just absolute. I love his bat drop, his stare into the dugout there. It's, uh, you know, he doesn't throw the bat into space, which I wouldn't care for either. I wouldn't mind. But he just kind of drops it down and leaves his arm hanging. Kind of like he's like, you know, finishing a three-pointer and, and trotting back to the other side of the court here. So huge week for Gary. Off the injured list. Keeps his home run uh, leadership with eight home runs and then tacks on another 30 feet onto the longest home run of the year. Um, you mentioned Luke Voigt's uh, home runs earlier. I got to assume one of those are the, the home runs of the week for you. Yeah, it, it's a tough decision. There were a lot of good home runs this week, uh, especially the Sanchez Grand Slam. By the way, assist to Bruce Bochy on the Sanchez Grand Slam because he <laughs> left Holland in for like four batters too long. I mean, he clearly didn't have it, but I have to say the I'm gonna I'll go with the Voight opposite field home run out in Anaheim because or actually uh, the indecision on this <laughs> is really really tough for me. Uh, I'm gonna go one A one B. Let's go Sanchez Grand Slam and let's go Voight opposite field home run because both displayed ridiculous. Uh, both players had ridiculous displays of power right there. They did here. And I got to give a shout out to uh, Mike Ford. He hit his first ever career home run. So shout out to him for making the the, the, the tracker list. Uh, and Gio Urshela, first home run as a Yankee here. So two new two new guys that have never been on the, the tracker list before here have joined the squad. Um, and another, you know, strong week for the Yankees here. They got 46 total home runs after the San Francisco sweep, sweep here. Um so it, another crazy feat is just they continue to, to be – this is the, ahead of their pace from last year, and they have all new guys hitting home runs here. So it, it's wild. And we mentioned the Luke Voigt home runs compared to the rest of the league here, that they continue to do this here. Uh, you know, Glaber's doing you know, Glaber things here. And you can only imagine once the summer heats up that the Yankees will continue to hit bombs here as they look to break their own record. So be sure to still follow – the hashtag NYYHR tracker as we update it after every game. And then we give you the, the full recap each week on the podcast here. Sam, let's wrap things up here. They got two more in uh, two more, two just in general uh, with the national league and the diamondbacks. And then they hit up uh, the Minnesota twins. Um, it's going to be tough to beat last week's six and one record. Um, but, but two, two teams that they, they usually play well against, um, you know, the, the diamondbacks are about a 500 team here and the Yankees kind of always had the twins, the twins number here. So hopefully another strong week upcoming for the Yanks. Yeah, I hope so. You know, they, it seems like they haven't lost a series to the twins at Yankee stadium in my lifetime. <laughs> uh, so they play really well, and playing out in Arizona is going to be pretty good. I'm interested to see how that ball flies out there off the bats of the Yankees because they went into two pretty big pitchers' parks, and the long ball was working for them with a couple of players. So I think you're, we're, we're going to see a lot of slugfests out in Arizona this week, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, the ball flies out there. It's hot out there, you know, all 12 months of the year. So I'm looking forward to it. Only five games, but – 
Yep. Hoping for a nice four and one week. I, I think that should be the goal. Yeah, and it's a it's a solid um, a solid week for the Yankees to have the off day. They're at the off day as we're recording here Monday, and then the off day uh, on Thursday here. So that, that's going to be good, especially traveling back to the East Coast. Hopefully, everybody's traveling back, the team's getting healthy, and um, we kind of move on from there. Um, so strong week for the Yankees, six and one. There is there there's nothing for you to even rant about this week, and I kind of love that. This was just a great week for the Yankees as they they, they did what needed to get done on the West Coast. You know these these West Coast trips are always can be tricky no matter who you're playing because of just being different uh, on the time change out there. So let's finish it off strong. Burst the Diamondbacks, head back east, and, and continue the run here. The Yankees are currently in a playoff spot as the number one wild card, um, but but lots of games to go, and they need to continue this trip here as the the 17 and 11 lovable Yankees uh, move on into into May. Uh, send us out here with some final thoughts. You know, like I said, four in one week. Keep everybody healthy. Yes. And I'd like to see I'd like to see Clint back in the lineup by the weekend or early next week, Monday night. By the time we record this again, and so, and, uh, and Miggy too. I want to see him back. Yeah. Oh, I hope we see him this weekend. That would be great. Uh, you know, four in one week. Hey, maybe even a five and zero oh week because the Yankees are hot right now. But the number one thing: no more injuries. And I hope. LeMahieu and Urshela, uh, looks like they're going to avoid the DL, but if they yeah. held both of them out in Arizona, I wouldn't be complaining because the Yankees Agreed. are obviously off on Monday. They only play Tuesday and Wednesday out in Arizona. Uh, you know, early game Thursday out there for them. It'll be a 12.40 local time out there. It'll be 3.40 Eastern time. And then off on Thursday. So if they give them a breather till the weekend, Friday or Saturday, I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world. That sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. And thanks, for always, for joining us on Podcasting in Pinstripes. Be sure to check out Gotham SN for all things New York sports, uh, Giants and Jets drafts, recaps and podcasts out there. And check out for Sam and I when we drop there our, 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 our Yankees uh, articles during the week. Um, until next week, we'll talk to you there. See you later, Sam. Toodles. Toodles.